Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a Second Corinthians audio devotional podcast. Today, we're going to read Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. But before we do, I want to introduce you to who we have with us today. I'm excited today because we've got some guys who are all in college. We do a little online kind of life group type thing. First of all, I want to just welcome Jack Kaberski. Jack, you want to say hi and then let us know what university you're a part of. Hey, how are we doing? I'm Jack Kaberski. I'm currently a junior studying at the University of Michigan in which I am majoring in economics. Nice. Go blue, right? Did I say that right? Go blue. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we also have Eli Wachter with us. Uh, why don't you give us a little rundown, Eli? Oh, hi, I'm Eli. I'm a freshman right now at Ferris State studying some architecture. Great. And that's what, Bulldogs? Is that right? Yep. Great. And then Elijah Nelson, Eli Nelson. we got two Elis with us today. Fill us in on what's up with you, Eli. All right. Hi, I'm Eli Nelson. I'm at Youngstown State University in Ohio. I, uh, I'm part of a track team here. I'm a junior, and I'm studying exercise science with a minor in business. Nice. And so what's their mascot? <laughs> the, the Penguins. <laughs> the Penguins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And finally, last but not least, we got Brendan Vandermeer. Brendan, fill us in on where you're at. My name is Brendan Vandermeer. I'm a student athlete here at Michigan State. I'm a junior studying supply chain management. Go green. Go white. All right. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. And then I'm just going to ask you guys some questions. So just kind of listen, pay attention to what God might be saying to you, and we'll get stuck into it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14, says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. So I just read that and verse 14 starts it off saying, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. It's often translated, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And often it's used to talk about marriage, to talk about business partnership. Paul here is talking about who you follow as leaders. But any thoughts from this passage? Uh, yeah, I can start. Uh, so kind of my interpretation on it was that, I mean, I'm looking at verse 15 right here and it says, how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And so my first thought was marriage because there's a partner involved. And so as a Christian, you are told when you do become married, that you become one with your spouse as well as one with God. And so I feel like here in second Corinthians, it kind of tells you like, Hey, it would be kind of wrong if you end up marrying someone who is an unbeliever, because in that way, you're not sharing God within your relationship and you will not be one with God through your marriage. So that's kind of what stood out to me. Yeah, that's good. So recognizing that marriage is a sacred thing. And if you don't have that same foundation, that can be really difficult. Thanks for sharing that, Jack. Anyone else? 
So just kind of to go a little bit along with what Jack was saying, a little bit of a different perspective before it kind of says, how can a believer uh, be a partner with an unbeliever? When it's don't team up with those who are believers in verse 14. It's like thinking more of who you surround yourself every day, whether it's just friends or anything. It's like kind of everybody's heard who you're with every day kind of shapes and forms the type of person you are and it develops your personality in general. So if you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of unbelievers, there's going to be those pulls and I'll say temptations. Yeah. So thinking through who you're spending time with, because who you spend time with shapes you. So that's just really good wisdom. Now, all of you guys are in public universities. And so in the midst of that, as followers of Jesus, what's it like? Do you have connections with other followers of Jesus? Is that important? I think, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when I was first a freshman here, you know, transitioning from my life back home where I had a strong community coming to Michigan State, I automatically assumed that my community was going to be weak, that I wasn't going to find anyone who was a believer. And it was wrong of me to assume these kind of things because I immediately got here. And as honestly, it was quite the opposite. I was able to find a great community here of people who believers who love the Lord strong community and it was it was really interesting how you know how I assumed the quite the opposite and one being able to recognize that yes there are people here that don't necessarily believe the same things that I do and two how I go about that you know building my community being able to spread the good news of, of the Lord and what he's doing here on campus um, you know because some people you know they they have seen the good news of the Lord they have seen what he can do in their lives but they believe it's just a pure coincidence rather than uh, the workings of the Lord. So that's just, it's really interesting being able to kind of spread the news of the Lord around campus. So you're trying to help people like recognize that God is working in their life. Mm, definitely. That's great. Thank you, Brendan, for sharing that. Eli Walker, what about you as far as the idea of being involved in the world, being a follower of Jesus, hanging out with people who maybe are not yet followers of Jesus? Uh, any thoughts on this passage? Kind of bouncing off of uh, what Brendan said, just kind of coming here my freshman year, I didn't really expect much on like having connections at all to other Christians. But um, right away, joining the club soccer team, my president was actually an active member in one of the youth groups, and he would constantly always invite us, and a lot of us would usually show up and it was a really good way to kind of just be introduced to that group and I got to surround myself with other believers which is um was really cool actually so finding that support system and I think you know one of the passages here verse 17 it's Paul quoting a passage about God setting his people free from exile they're in a foreign land they had been worshiping idols so God let them go to a foreign land and be taken out of their land and then God is promising them he says I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to welcome you I'm going to be your father I'm going to be with you I'm going to walk among you he's promising all these wonderful things to them that they're going to return home but he talks about this and he's talking about them leaving that place verse 17 therefore come out from among unbelievers, separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. But it, this kind of brings up an idea that sometimes I've heard that we are to not be engaged in the world at all as followers of Jesus. There's others who believe we should totally blend in. And then there's others like the Amish, right, who just head right out and start their own thing. You know, they stay pure from the wider culture. So is it possible, do you think, or good to, as followers of Jesus, try to live within the culture? And if so, how? What, what would that look like? I feel like, yes, it's good to like surround yourself with others of the same belief. But I feel like doing things like where you're just totally separating yourself from anyone else kind of defeats the purpose of God wanting us to create opportunities for others to come to Christ and kind of spread his word. So there's a little in between to it. 
Yeah, Eli, that's Eli Walker. And Eli, I think that's great. You're bringing up a really important point, which is God's constant commands to us to go into the world. Jesus saying to be salt and light in a city on a hill. He sends his disciples into the world. In John 17, he prays that God wouldn't take his followers out of the world, but that God would protect them from the evil one. So that's like our call, our mission, right? And we can't do our mission if we're not in the world around us, right? How how can we learn to live distinctly in the world and at the same time be able to reach and connect with the world? Yeah, I think, you know, first we have to kind of understand, I think the other side per se, you know, understand what people are following, you know, idling, what they're putting their energy and effort into and recognizing why people are following these things that they do and ultimately saying, you know, the Lord offers us something so much bigger, something greater than what we have here on earth and, you know, directing them back to the Lord. So connecting with people, being able to listen and hear their story, hear what they hold dear, which is a really, Brendan, you just shared one of the key missionary practices. It's listening to the culture and being able to share and show Jesus in that situation and setting. So uh, you just shared a really great principle for us on how to live out our faith in the world and having a posture of learning and listening. Anyone else, any thoughts? What would be a barrier for you? I mean, I would say for myself, like, I mean, just a barrier is just having like those friends who are close with Christ and like have those same values, those same values that you grew up with, or maybe you didn't, I don't know. But with me being at college, I mean, I was growing up in a Christian home and still having friends here who also had the same values as me, uh, especially that are religious values. That's a very big deal and a very big barrier for myself being at the school that I'm at. So so the importance, and you're bringing up a huge point too, the importance of Christian shared community and that we're not called to go into the world alone. We're called to go yeah. to be a yeah, totally. Any final thoughts? Uh, Eli Nelson, any final thought? It's been cool to kind of see, not only find the people who have been Christians, but also to see some people who are like, all right, I'll give it a chance, you know, because it's when they take control of what they want to do in their faith, you know, it's, it, that's the coolest part. It's great when people are saying, I'm going to figure this out. What, what do I think? What do I believe? And can discover that. Well, guys, it's so great to hang out with you. So glad that you could do that. Uh, let me close in prayer. God, thanks for these awesome guys. Pray that you'd bless each one and the guys who weren't able to make it tonight. Pray that you would help them to be missionaries right on their campus, that you would encourage them, give them uh, friends and a community to live alongside. Help them to live distinctly faithful lives for you among people in their school who need you. So God, give them opportunities to share you. And God, thank you for them. Bless them and help all of us, Lord, to know how to engage the world around us so that people might come to know you in Jesus' name. Amen.